So anyway, we are continuing our study in Deuteronomy. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you'd like to turn to that. And I'm going to be covering this morning Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. So let's pray. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we're so thankful, Lord, for your Holy Spirit and for the way he is able to instruct us and encourage us. And I pray that this portion of Scripture would not just be some reading that we do this morning, but it would really be the Word of God with all of its power and with all of the promises that we have in it to speak to us and to encourage us. And I pray, Father, that you would come and use me as your servant to minister to these, your precious people. And I pray and ask this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, the thing we have to understand is the Lord desires to bless us, not to curse us. And this morning, I'm going to be reading the, uh, the blessings of the Lord. And then uh, Pastor Frank Jr. in the second service is going to read the curses of the Lord. And it's not that I planned it that way. It just happened to come out. And one of the things you'll find inter- interesting when Pastor Frank shares in the second service is that the curses are the exact opposite of the blessings. The exact. And, uh, and I think what it shows to us is God desires to bless us, but if we are unwilling to follow his ways, that his curses will come on us. And his curses, we have to understand, isn't God being mean, reaching down into you know, this earth and being mean. The curses come because the people have brought it on themselves. You know, the way they have lived, the way they've rejected the Lord, and it causes um, mishaps to come their way. So, um, turn to Galatians chapter 5. I'll probably take you to a few verses this morning. Galatians chapter 5. And go to verse 17. I'm going to read verses 17 of Galatians chapter 5, 17 and 18. Galatians 5, starting with verse 17. Listen to this. This is the battle that we face, all of us, every day. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And that's a very beautiful portion of Scripture because what it's speaking to us is that there are oftentimes we don't do the things that we wish we would do. We're not doing things that maybe would please the Lord. But it's telling us here that you are not under the law. We're under grace. What that means to you and I is that when we make a mistake, we can get up and we can move forward because God forgives us and he gives us a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, and as many chances as you need if you have that kind of repentant heart. And um, consider that these blessings were given to Israel as a nation. And some people make the mistake of trying to take the blessings of Israel as a nation and, and applying it to our na- nation or any other nation. There's only one nation that God gave a blessing to, and that was Israel. But on the same hand, as individuals, we are the nation or the family of Christ, and he desires to bless us. And God's desire to bless Israel 
was that they might be his witnesses. And people would look at them and see the blessing that God was pouring out on them. And they would want to emulate what Israel was doing. And that is worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. And so when Israel was obedient, God did bless them as a nation. But when they were disobedient, they were taken into captivity. And brothers and sisters, it's the same with you and I. When we are in obedience to the Lord, not perfect obedience, we're not under the law, we're under grace, but when we are in obedience to the Lord, we're blessed. And when we're not in obedience to the Lord, we find that sometimes difficulty comes our way. I don't think there's any one of us that has ever gone to bed at night and said, you know what, I just feel lousy. I, I obeyed the Lord all day. I witnessed the people. I read the Bible. No, that's ridiculous. And when we have been a faithful servant of the Lord, we go to bed at night and we just feel great. But if we'd had a day where maybe we fall into sin and we, in our heart, just were so dissatisfied with our life and what God has given us and just had a bad attitude... That's when you go to bed and you feel such great remorse. But God's desire is always, as we just read here in Galatians, God's desire is always to bless us. We've known blessing and we've known despair, but God's desire is always to bless his people, to bring a curse. I mean, to bring, yeah, that's, I'm getting into Frank's message. You know, to bring blessing and to not bring curse. So in Deuteronomy chapter 28, starting with verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord, your God, will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord, your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be the basket, your basket, uh, and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall, be you when, uh, blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you uh, to be defeated before your face. They shall come against you one way, and they shall flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessings on you and your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Remember, Moses was, sh was sharing this just before they crossed over the Jordan. They were just going to be entering into the land. So he was giving these blessings, saying, these are the promises of God if you obey him. Now, picking up with verse 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people in himself, just as he has, he has sh uh, sworn to you. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your flocks, and the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give rain in your land in season. And just a little interesting point here. In Israel... 
they have what's called a former and latter rain. They have two rainy seasons. And the one is to prepare the ground, and the one is to supply the crops, the water that they need as they're growing. And when Israel was taken into captivity, the latter rain stopped in Israel. When Mark Twain went and visited, he said, it's a desolate land. You know, he was thinking, I'm going to the Holy Lands. This is, and he said it was just desolate, and then it was just barren. And on May 14, 1948, Israel became a nation. But prior to that, they did come back into the land. And when Israel came back into the land, the latter rain started. And now it blooms, just like prophecy said. And they actually uh, export fruit to, to other countries. And the times we've been to Israel, and you drive through there, it's lush. It's beautiful. Their farms are, are awesome. And so it's just one little example of God's promises. When they were obedient, God gave them the former and the latter rain. And when they were disobedient, they are taken into captivity out of the land, then the former rain stopped. But now it's begun again. You know, one of the things that's interesting the number of Christians that are growing in, in numbers in, in, in Israel is fantastic. I don't know if you realize that. Israel has a huge Christian population. And I'm not talking about Christians that have moved into Israel. Because in order to, to uh, go to Israel, to live there, you have to show that you have you know, Jewish ancestry. And that's why they do a DNA test before you can move in. And so I'm talking about Jews that have moved back to the Holy Land, that have become worshipers of the Messiah. In fact, if you ever want to uh, watch something that will be very inspiring and just encouraging in the Lord, and it's called MJI, is that right? Messianic Jewish, MJA, Messianic Jewish Alliance. And they, they just sing the most beautiful songs in Hebrew. They have the English translation underneath it. And when they pan around in this church, it's huge and it's Packed and it's in Israel. In fact, I had the, the pleasure and the joy and the honor of preaching in a church in Israel to all Jews who were believers. So God is working in Israel, and more and more people are coming to faith. In fact, um, Revelation makes it very clear that at the very end of the tribulation, actually halfway through the tribulation, one-third of all the Jews will be saved. One-third of, of all the Jews will come to know Jesus as Messiah. Okay. Um, this is still in verse 12. And to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but shall not borrow. And the Lord will make uh, you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, you shall not turn aside from any of these words which I command you this day, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods and to serve them. So we have to understand it's always God's desire to bless his people. But there are conditions to his blessings. And notice that this portion that I just read began and ended with if. And if is a conditional conjunction. In other words, it's a requirement. If you do these things, you're going to be blessed. And uh, obedience can either be 
an indication. Now, think about this. Obedience can be in either an indication of our love or fear. Those are the two reasons people obey, either out of love or out of fear. And so we have to realize that to obey out of fear, and many people, that's why they obey, can lead to a heart of bitterness and rebellion towards the one who is requiring them to obey. So it should never be out of fear. Well, if I don't do this, I'm going to... And that's why in, in Christianity we should never be teaching that if you don't do this, God's going to zap you. <clears throat> it's like, wow, oh, I better be obedient. Well, people are coming into obedience out of fear. But if you are able to share with people, God loves you. And the Lord is going to bless you. Might not be in material possessions, but he is going to bless you. You're going to find peace because he loves you and he wants to have an intimate relationship with you. It's agapeos love that he wants to share with us. Well, now our attitude towards this person is very different than the one we fear. And that's why we have to be very careful when we're witnessing and sharing Jesus Christ with other people. We're not sharing it in such a way, you better be saved. We should be sharing with people, man, you need to be saved. It's such a wonderful thing to walk in the ways of the Lord. Now, one of the things that we find is considering obedience. It can either be out of choice or out of laws or demands. And you see, we're no longer under the law, Scripture tells us, but under grace. Now, being under grace doesn't mean that the law has no validity towards us, because it does. The law is our school teacher. When we read the law of God, it, it shows us, it teaches us the perfection that God would desire us to have. But we find, unfortunately, that in the flesh, we're not, always to obey the, we're not always able to obey the Lord, or we don't always obey the Lord. We find ourselves falling to sin. And that's where God's grace comes in. And God's grace was never to overthrow the law. We don't say, well, we're under grace, so I can do whatever I want. No, 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 no. It's grace that helps us to come into compliance to the Lord. And I, I've shared this example so many times with you guys, but I'm going to share it again anyway. It's just like with uh, baseball. If you have someone who's batting 350, that's a good, good average. That means they get on base 35% of the time. And if you have someone, and there's very few times that this has happened, you've had someone batting 500, that means they get on base 50% of the time. But think about it. 50% of the time, they don't make it to first base. But they keep trying. I mean, how many coaches, baseball coaches, would say, well, I want to teach you to strike out and never get on base. They're saying, I want you to get on base every time, but if you get on base 35% of the time or 50% of the time, I'm really happy with you. God would desire us to be in full obedience to the law. But because we have these bodies of flesh and we live in this world, there are times that we falter and fall. And that's when the grace of God comes in. But the grace of God, in order to be enacted, requires us to recognize our wrongdoing and to confess and repent of it. Father, I did this wrong, and I confess of it. I'm owning it. It's mine. Forgive me, Jesus. And he forgives you and you're able to move on. But there are some people that have taken the grace of God, and they've made license out of it. In other words, 
oh, I'm under grace, so I can kind of do whatever I want. Yeah, I'm going here, and I'm going there, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. It's okay. I'm under the grace of God. That's not the purpose of the grace of God. The purpose of the grace of God is that when we own and recognize our sin and we confess and repent, he forgives us, and we're right back on the road. You see, when you fall, you don't have to go back. Remember uh, Monopoly and go back to go? You know, start, start all over again. You don't do that with Jesus Christ. Wherever you fell off the road in your walk with the Lord, when you confess and repent and get back up, you get right back on the road where you left off, and you continue moving on with Jesus. God's love is so amazing. And so it's choice that allows us the freedom to grow in the Lord. I have a choice. And choice is always the expression of love. I know I've shared this with you many times, but it's so important for us to comprehend this. If I say to you, you better love me or I'm going to kill you, and you go, I love you, there's no love there. There's only fear being expressed. But if I say nothing to you, just love you, and you love me back and say I love you because there's choice, that's a full expression of love. And God doesn't ever want us to love him in any other way except freely and to, for it to be a free expression of our love. I love you just because I love you, because you're worthy, O oh Lord, of all praise, glory, honor, and adoration. And I love it in verse 2 here where it says, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So blessings overtake us. It's not like, you know, you think, well, I, never, I don't care if I'm blessed. If, if you're obeying the word of the Lord and loving him, his blessings are going to overtake you. But here's the thing we have to understand and where many people make a mistake. God's blessings are not material. He can bless you materially. He, he can bless you with a good job. He can bless you with a good income. He can bless you in many ways. He can bless you with good health. But the reality is that his blessings are not in these material things. The blessings we have in the Lord are in the Spirit. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then to love your neighbor as yourself on these two hinge all the law and the commandments. So we have to understand that the blessings we have from God are, are not something that necessarily can be seen, but it's in here. Because I know this is going to be a shock for most of you, okay? So hang on, it's going to be a shock. Life isn't always good. Troubles come our way. Illness befall us. Old age catches up to us. So life is tough, but we can still be blessed. I feel so blessed, so undeservingly blessed by the Lord my God, and it has nothing to do with any material possessions. It has nothing to do with youth. It has nothing to do with any of these things except that I love Jesus and I know, nostos, I know for a fact that he loves me back. How amazing is that? In fact, the only reason that I can love him is because he first loved us. He first loved me. There's only reason I, I can love him, but I do. And blessings will overtake us. And like I said, 
The greatest blessing that we can have is obedience. And you know what one of the greatest blessings of obedience is? Obedience. And when you're obedient to the Lord, you just feel so blessed. You feel so good. You feel so in relationship with him. It's kind of like this silly example. You guys know I used to be a school teacher many years ago. But anyway, um, let's take math for an example. I love math. Let's take math for an example. If you study math, okay, and you know the rules of math, and you've studied and prepared, and you take a mathematics exam, and you get an A on it, you feel blessed, right? You feel good. Wow, I got an A. But why did you get an A? Because you knew the rules of math, you studied, and you applied them. Now, if you didn't take time to learn the rules of math or to study or to prepare, you'd get an F on the exam, and you'd be bummed. Oh, I got an F. And it's the same way in our walk with the Lord. We need to study the Word of God that we know the rules. And then we have to have a heart desire to study you know, the, the, the Word of God and then to apply it to our life. Life is a test. It's an exam. And we apply it to life. And we're going to be blessed of the Lord. And we're going to rejoice in it. But if we fail to study the rules of God, the Word of God, or have no desire to try to put them into practice, you're going to feel bummed. Because I'll tell you what, you can have all the material possessions this world has to offer, but if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. Why is it the highest suicide rate is among the most successful people? When you read about Hollywood movie stars, that you might be thinking, oh, I wish I was one of them. When you read about Hollywood movie stars, you don't even know who they're with now, right? They're with this one, they're with that one, they're over here, they're over that, and I don't believe this, and I believe, now I love both boys and girls. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. So do they have happiness? No, they're miserable. But you and I, who have Jesus Christ and love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, we have a peace. And that peace is the greatest blessing we can have. <clears throat> you know, um, verses 3 and 4 it talks about the fact that it makes no difference where we live. Whether we live in the country, whether we live in the city, it makes no difference. Because we have to understand that God blesses us because it's not just the crops and, and all the good things that are mentioned in this portion. He blesses us wherever we are if we're in obedience to him. And I, I love in Philippians chapter 4, in fact, I'll wait for you to turn to it, Philippians chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 12 and 13. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 12. I know how to be abased, and I know how to, how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Now, verse 13 is the key. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So all things we can do through Christ and through the strength that he gives us by his Holy Spirit. <clears throat> whether we're abounding or whether we're abased, praise be the Lord. We belong to him. 
And no matter, here's the thing you have to remember. No matter what happens, you're going to be with Jesus. Whether you live and the rapture comes or whether you die, you're going to be with Jesus. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. What a beautiful promise that is. And then verses 5 through 6, it's talking about, you know, um, blessed shall be your baskets and your kneading bowls. Blessed uh, shall you be when you come in. And also, blessed shall you be when you go out. In other words, God wants us to be blessed of him whether we're home or whether we're away. And you know, sometimes people have more difficulty in being obedient to the Lord when they're at home and some people have more difficulty in being obedient to the Lord when they're away. Because we have to realize that the temptations of this world follow us everywhere. And some people are more tempted at home, some people are more tempted when they're away. But the reality is, we need to, whether home or away, we need to be blessed to the Lord by keeping our focus on Him and worshiping Him. You know... Um, God's blessing to his people, as we read in this portion in relationship to Israel being a witness to the other nations around them, and God's blessing to his people, to you and I as believers too, is to be a witness. You know, and blessing, understand this, blessing has nothing to do with material possession. It has everything to do with our walk in relationship with the Lord. And when you walk in confidence and relationship with God Almighty, loving Him and, and people can see that you love Him and that He loves you back, you're a witness everywhere you go. You're a blessing to all those around you because so many people are so unhappy by circumstances. And you want to know something? Being very honest with you, okay? A lot of times, circumstances are lousy. They're rotten. But it doesn't mean God doesn't love you, and it doesn't mean God isn't with you. It just means that your circumstances right now stink. You know what I mean? And um, some of us who are getting older, we know what that's like. You know, when you open your social calendar, 50% of it is doctor visits. <laughs> but the reality is, we're still blessed to the Lord. We belong to God. And so, our focus cannot be on this world, but has to be on Jesus. So many people get caught up in politics and all the social movements that are going on in the world. Oh, this, this country is falling apart. It is. This country is really, you know, falling into all kinds of debauchery, and it is. But that's what the Word of God said would happen. The Word of God makes it very clear that before he takes his church out of the world, this world is going to become so debased that the wrath of God must come. And it, said, it tells us in Scripture that we're not appointed unto wrath, but unto salvation. And so before Jesus Christ pours out his wrath on this world, which he will, he's taking us to be with him in heaven. And a lot of people say, oh, that's just an escape theology. Well, yeah, it says... It tells us, you know, that pray that you're worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon the face of the whole earth. So, yeah, I'm really into an escape uh, philosophy and theology because I believe God's word. But understand this. When God takes his church out of the world, and I've shared this with you a number of times before, I think this world will see one of the greatest revivals ever. 
So many people in this world will come to know Jesus Christ and be born again that they'll have to use a marking system to determine who's saved and who's not. So when we think of escaping, it doesn't mean we're not caring about the other people in this world. The reality is that many people might not come to know the Lord until the rapture occurs. Because those people that we've witnessed to, and all of a sudden we're gone, and whatever the world might be saying, uh, the reason for our departing, you know, whether it was alien abduction or whatever it might be, or, or some kind of you know, moral cleansing, whatever they might be saying, there's going to be those people we witnessed to and said, no, 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 that's exactly what they told me was going to happen. They would just disappear one day. And so the reality is we always have to keep our focus on the Lord and not on things going on around us. I mean, it's easy to get caught up, isn't it, in politics and things like that? Oh, boy, this guy's really going in our favor. This guy's doing it the way out. Oh, I'm right. But what happens? Everything is just a, a smoke cloud. It just fades away. And all of a sudden, you look, and things are still getting worse and worse in this world. You know, we just think of um, a world a nation that a full third of its babies are killed in the womb. Guess what? God doesn't look on that lightly. He loves the children. And this is where not only our nation, but the world has come to. And so we have to understand, God's judgment is coming because he needs to judge wickedness but even in his judgment, his witness will be here for many people to come to know Jesus. In 1 John chapter 2, in verse 17, it says, And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Abides where? In the presence of the Lord. We're always going to be with the Lord. If we die, we're going to be with the Lord. If the rapture comes, we're going to be with the Lord. We're always going to be with the Lord. That's his promise. And in Isaiah 40, verse 8, it says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Have you ever talked to someone and they say, Well, you know, you can't take the Bible the way we used to take it. Things have changed. Yeah, things really have changed. But the word of God abides forever. It never changes. And the word of God is always true. The new philosophies you know, of this world are not good. Oh, well, we, we, we've just gotten better. No, we haven't. We've gotten worse. We've become more ignorant of what it really means to have human love. We really have. And so the Lord sets his people apart for one reason, to be a witness. Just like he set Israel apart as a nation to be a witness to all the countries around them, the Lord has set you and I aside as believers to be a witness to all those unbelievers around us. You know, before I came to the Lord, Vi and I had people that would witness to us and tell us about Jesus, and we laughed at them. We mocked them behind their backs. We thought it was silly. And I loved to drink, and I loved to smoke, and I loved to do all these kinds of things. And Vi and I, you know, loved going to parties and this and that and all that kind of stuff. And then we found it was empty. And then we found the Word of God. 
and we found Jesus Christ. And I'm glad that, except for maybe five years of our 50 years of marriage, we've walked with the Lord. What a beautiful thing it is. Because, because he walks side by side with us to bless us in everything we do. Because, as that old hymn says, the things of this world grow strangely dim. But we look into his face, into his beautiful face, and we know that this world is growing strangely dim. In fact, it's growing dark. But one day, we're going to be with him. And so once again, we have to understand that the heart of all blessing is obedience. Because the Lord told us, we, as his church, as Bible believers, are to be the head, not the tail. Do you know what the difference is? The head leads, the tail follows. We're supposed to be leaders in righteousness and holiness and godliness, not just kind of following around people. I mean, think about it. I'm just being honest. How many times are we around unbelievers and we hold back from being the light because we don't want them to mock us or, 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 or you know, have attitudes towards us? So we just kind of, well, I'm just like, at that point, you're a tail. You're just following and I'm not talking about walking into the mall and saying, Hallelujah, get saved or burn in hell. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in our life, around our relatives and our loved ones and our friends or any circumstance we might be in, we should never hesitate to proclaim the word of God as the opportunity arises. We need to be the head. We need to be leading people to Christ and not be the, be the tail. And so we have to understand the world is always trying to pull us in the opposite direction of God. And this is the reason why. Satan is the prince of this world. But we have to remember God is the king of the universe. And so he has you know, full control, but he has allowed Satan, his dominion over this world, in order to test the people of this world, to give us choice. And I set before you life and death. What does the scripture say? Choose, choice, choose life. My encouragement to each one of you here, if you're a believer, choose to walk in the ways of the Lord every day and not be distracted by this world. And if you're not a believer, today's the day of your salvation. You, it doesn't cost anything to be saved. There's nothing magic about it. All you do is you go to Jesus and you say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I know it and I ask your forgiveness and I repent of my sin. Come in and take over my heart and he will. You don't have to beg him to. You don't have to do any particular method or, or to accomplish certain tasks in order for him to come in. You just say, come in, Jesus. Take over my life. Forgive me my sin and he will. And that was the best decision of my life. And it should be the best decision of any of your lives. And if you haven't made it, today's the day. Father, we come before you in Jesus, Yeshua's name, and how thankful we are for your love and for your salvation. And I pray and ask, Heavenly Father, that you would take the portion that we studied this morning and apply it to our hearts and lives, that we might walk with you in all of our ways, that we might be your witness to this world, this dark world, and as the darkness grows, the light shines brighter, Lord. Help us to be that light. And I pray and ask all this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.
and amen. God bless you, my friends.